Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You. I am so excited for you being here. Two episodes ago, I had the honor of speaking with pastor, speaker, and author Andy Andrew in celebrating her third book, Friendship It's Complicated. And today we are at it again, speaking about not only friendship, but also what it looks like to step out of our comfort zones and follow God no matter the cost. If you've ever experienced any folly in friendship or fear of obedience, this conversation is for you. Podcast host, author, speaker, and friend who loves all things friendship, Jeanette Tapley treasured life with her family in the land of the Midnight Sun. She and her husband, Jesse, both Native Alaskans, married young, began growing a beautiful family together and never dreamed of leaving their home state. Yet when God wildly asked the Tapleys to uproot and move, Jeanette was left with a tough decision to make. Rather than allowing her feet to be concrete, she chose to trust in Jesus and follow where he's leading. Today, Jeanette and her family live in Austin, Texas, where her heart beats for people to be heard, valued, and never alone in no matter what stage of life they find themselves in. She is the podcast host of It's Time for Coffee, a space for forming genuine friendship while sharing intentional conversation over cups of coffee, of course. Jeanette's first book, It's Time for Jesus, Believing the Truth of Who You Are Right Where You Are, released in July of 2020, and it encourages others to step into close friendship with God. What I admire most about Jeanette is her contagious joy in forming lasting friendships with every person God places in her path. She's all about Bible-based love and teachings to help us grow into the friends we long to be and nourish the relationships we already have. Every second spent with Jeanette is just pure bliss, and I hope you enjoy every bit of this conversation. It is so easy to understand why everyone wants to be her bestie. It is my honor to welcome to Still With You, author, speaker, podcast host of It's Time for Coffee, the courageous queen herself, Jeanette Tapley. Jeanette, thank you so much for making time to come on Still With You. I love that our paths have connected and I think we've kind of talked about that we have a lot of friends, just things in common. Yeah, I'm so excited to be sitting down with you this morning. This is going to be so much fun. Well, first, let me start off with a question that you always ask on your podcast because your podcast is called It's Time for Coffee and that is what is in your cup? How do you take your coffee? Because it looks very foamy. It is. Okay, so I like to be super bougie with my coffee. This morning is an Americano. We have a fancy espresso machine. So it's an Americano. And then I always like froth up my creamer. And so this is the pumpkin silk almond milk creamer all frothed up Mm -hmm. and delicious. That's so fun because yesterday was the first day of fall. And obviously when our friends are listening to this, it's we're going to be full fledged in the fall season. Are you someone who will do pumpkin spice, like stick with the season or do you like to like it in or out of season? Typically in season. I'm in Texas. So when it's hot, like nothing tastes. Mm -hmm. I mean, even last week it was 90 degrees and I was drinking pumpkin spice in my coffee up. I'm a cold coffee girl too. So like the cold brew stuff is where I'm like, okay, I can get my pumpkin spice here and then I'll write it out through. December, yeah. but I'm not a peppermint person. Like I, I don't follow like that far. It's really just pumpkin. Uh-huh. Just that's, I mean, as basic as I can get, just the pumpkin. End of September, I'll like start wandering that way, and then towards December, I'm like, okay, we're we're kind of hitting the the cutoff mark because it's not special if you don't keep it within the calendar year. It also might just be like the burnout of like that's a lot of pumpkin now. 
Like I'm done. That's so true. You mentioned that you are in Texas and you live in Austin, correct? Or outside of Austin? Yeah, just south of Austin, uh, about an hour outside of Austin in between San Antonio and Austin areas. It's called New Braunfels. It's a really sweet town. I also learned that you are originally from Alaska. So would you mind sharing a little bit of how you moved from <laughs> one corner of the country all the way south? Oh yeah, we are originally from, we were born and raised in Alaska. My husband and I both. Fun part is my family got to Alaska because my grandpa is a missionary. And so I love just like that okay. root part of my like family. My grandpa was a missionary originally from Colorado. They moved to Alaska so that he could fly bush planes, uh, which are the teensy little airplanes. And he would go to the villages and minister to the um, native Alaskans. It was about 10 years ago that my husband and I, Jesse, we felt the call to leave. He wanted out of Alaska for a long time. And I was like, this is where our family is. This is where our roots are. We are never leaving. This is what we're doing. And God just slowly started chipping away at my heart with that, where he was like, hey, it wasn't even like a chipping. It was like, hey, Jeanette, how comfortable are you? Super comfy. Thanks, God. And he's like, I've never called you to comfort. I never called you to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. Look at my disciples. Look at the people in the Bible. Like, how comfortable were they always? Yeah. Shoot. So it was just that quick pulling up of roots. It took us about a year and we kind of like cast a wide net of like where my husband could work. And we landed in Texas. We were just driving around our town yesterday and we were just like, man, God is so sweet to put us somewhere. Like if we had to leave our families and our roots, like he put us somewhere so, so sweet. And I'm so thankful for it. So you just felt like he was pulling you out of comfort and you felt like moving was the next step in obedience. You just moved because God told you to. Yeah. It felt very, very like Abraham, like like go. And it was like, okay, we'll go. Like we'll go. Wow. We had a full year of preparation. And a lot of that year, we couldn't really tell anybody because uh -huh. Jesse's job was still there. And so a few people knew and like we had sold our house. So like there was like obviously transition coming within our family, but we didn't really tell anybody until about three months before we left. And then it was like, we're moving out of state. We were pulling up all routes. About three months before mm -hmm. we left, we didn't know where we were going. We just knew that we were leaving. Do you ever feel like when you feel God doing something in your heart, asking, you to step out of your comfort zone again because you have had previous experience with something that large. Do you almost kind of have, I use this term very, very loosely, but almost like a stress disorder of like, oh my gosh, is it going to be Texas big? Like how big are we talking here, God? <laughs> I think yes. And just to kind of follow up our Texas story is we were here for nine months and the Lord called us into adoption. And so our little girl came to us. Oh, that's right. Yes. Through being here. So kind of have a little bit of like, I don't want to say PTSD because it's uh -huh. very dramatic. Yeah. I'm like, how do we call that? Because <laughs> it's something. I know. Anytime God calls me to something, I'm like, oh gosh. Is this going to be Texas? Is this going to be Zoe? How big are we getting here? And I think the biggest thing for me has been like being able to look back and see how faithful he's been in those things. Yeah. While it is scary to move forward, it's always like, okay, well, I know he has us though. Like I know how sweet these things have turned out. Mm -hmm. Even in the hard times, he's been so faithful to see us through the other side where it's like, that was hard, but it's been sweet. That's kind of where I'm like, I like cringe and I'm like bracing for impact, but also knowing like he held us last time. This will be okay. It might be hard for a little bit, but we'll be okay. Do you think it does get easier the more we make big decisions or like, how do you stop yourself from resenting, <laughs> resenting even the stirring? I think it does get easier. I think it's like a muscle we flex. Like you just kind of like you, uh -huh. you see the good, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want another change. There's been so many times where I've like fought God where I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to change anymore. Aren't I refined enough? Like, come on. And there has been like some resentment, even in the hard times when we were lonely here 
or when we miss our family back home, even now, it's like, why did you do this? Like, why would you pull us out? Or like when we're in the middle of a preteen battle with our little girl, I'm like, this wouldn't be this way. You called us to hard things. Like God's always like, um, excuse me, this is the life that I've called you to live. Do you trust me? Yes or no? Like, do you trust me? Like, it's not an if and. It's like, do you trust me? And it's like, oh, yes, uh-huh. I do. Yeah. Bottom line. It always yeah. like such a gut punch when it's like, and remember, Coley, it's not about you. He does it so lovingly that when it yes. does occur that it's, oh, yeah. And there's a reason why I am surrendered. Yeah. <laughs> Would I rather have his hard or my good? And that's one of those things where it's like, man, I take his hard any day because my plans suck compared to his. Yeah, Jeanette, that's so good. Well, tell me about friendship. I know that that is something that is near and dear to your heart and something that uh, since I've been connected to you, like I I feel like you do it really well. And something that I've always heard you say is that you are really unafraid to talk to anyone. Yeah, it's weird. And that's a real thing for individuals to try to overcome is fear of like speaking to someone who you don't know, or what happens if you get lost in conversation. And I just want to applaud you for that. And I know that that is a practice. That is something that you have to continually work on. When you moved to Texas, where did God start growing your heart for friendship? Or maybe it started in Alaska. I don't know, but I definitely know you're doing something right. And I'd love to hear more. I didn't know that people struggled with friendship. We moved around a lot when I was young. I just made friends everywhere we'd go because that's how you survive. And I know like, as a military wife, that's how you guys survive. Yeah, Your community, when you move to a new place, it's sink or swim and you find a community quick. My dad's a retired airman, but we weren't in the military with him. We're second family. Mm -hmm. We just like, we moved a lot and we would make friends. Funny because even still, like I still am in contact with like one of the girls that I moved to a new school when I was in fifth grade and she's, we're still friends. (laughs) Just really sweet. We moved a lot. I knew that like every new school meant I had to make new friends and I just did. And I didn't think anything about Mm -hmm. it until we moved to Texas and we had no friends. We knew one family in the area, but aside from that, we had nobody. It was literally that feeling of if we don't connect here, we will drown. God did not call us out of Alaska for us to drown here. So we have to go. We started a gym. We like to be active. So we started a new gym and I would like psych myself up every time walking into the gym and being like, okay, don't know anybody in this building, but that's okay. Walk out knowing somebody's name today. Like, just like say hi to somebody. And so I think that's when it started that practice of like looking Mm -hmm. around and and being willing to say something to somebody. It is so hard. And while I like, while it's, I'm practiced at it and I strike up conversations at the weirdest times. But the one thing I'll tell you, I hate to like have conversations Mm -hmm. on an airplane. Like, I really like, I'm not an airplane talker. I've heard you say this. I actually sleep even before takeoff sometimes. But if God calls me to, then I have got to give it up. (laughs) There is an air of obedience there that has to be followed. But for (laughs) the most part, I'm like AirPods in and I'm just kind of out. Yeah, full airplane mode. So I just started like looking around and it was really kind of, I mean, it's 10 years ago was really before we had like our phones in our hands all the time. And so we'd go into the gym. I would set up my box and everything and like look around Mm -hmm. try to talk to people. Made friends with like the fitness instructor because that's their job. Like they have to make people feel comfortable. So I made friends with them because it was their job to be nice to me. Yes. My friend Lindsay will listen to that and she'll be like, that's not why I became your friend, but it's true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you put yourself in that kind of situation, you start seeing the same people because you go to the same time. You start seeing similar faces and then you're a little bit more comfortable to like chat with people. If you're not comfortable talking to somebody in the aisles at Target, then don't. But find somewhere where you can. Like at 
church. Church is a good spot. That's a safe place that you can be like, hey, how are you? I saw a post the other day by my friend, um, Danielle Bear Jackson, who's a friendship coach. She's so good. Mm -hmm. She posted a really great icebreaker for women is, hey, how did you curl your hair? I've never thought of that. I'm like, oh, that's a great icebreaker. I always say like compliment them as a person, but also like, hey, I really like those shoes. Like it's just like the easiest small thing to like start a conversation, making somebody feel pretty or making somebody feel like they look nice or calling something out in somebody never results in like a, why are you talking to me? It's always like, oh, thanks. Hey, yeah. Or like my favorite thing to ask is like, what is your, what what are you getting for coffee? Like, what's your coffee order? Mm -hmm. I love talking to the baristas um, at the coffee shops because again, they're paid to be nice to me. So easy practice. Once you make yourself uncomfortable the first couple of times, it just becomes a little bit easier. And one of my favorite quotes, and I was just telling somebody, I used to use this as far as like dreaming big dreams. As we are putting ourselves out there to make new friends, it's the same thing. But my favorite quote probably should be from the Bible, but it's not. (laughs) from the movie we bought a zoo and it says um i promise you all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage and it'll change everything oh yeah and if we put that practice of feeling uncomfortable complimenting somebody the next time we won't feel so silly or the next time it'll be a little bit easier and i think that like 20 seconds of insane courage like you and i know like when we have to send out like big emails like there's like this like Mm -hmm. it's like i'll like jump up and down and like 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 do the michael phelps like get ready and like 20 seconds of insane courage and hit send and it's like okay like it gets a little bit easier each and every single time and so i think if we put that practice towards like making ourselves a little uncomfortable then we'd be okay so it is okay for us to approach someone who it is their job to be kind to us for our practice. Yeah. It's an art form to be able to like approach someone who you don't know their life story. You don't know where they're from, but to be able to ask questions well. And I think also what I am hearing you say is like, we have to be able to listen well. Ooh, yeah. I'm a big fan of saying like, we can talk all day, but we're not going to be friends or good friends if we're not listening back to what people are saying. Yeah. Because how often does that happen where you're like talking? talking, talking, talking. And they're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're like, you didn't hear a thing I said. I have teenagers. So that happens to me a lot at home. And I'm like, hey man, focus, focus. (laughs) It's not really kind to do it to your friends though. (laughs) So if you were to have, let's just say like a first friend date, right? It's kind of like dating almost. Oh yeah. What are some suggestions on like something that you could do? And then also what are some practices that when you carve out your friend time with your girlfriends, or I think like, isn't Julie, are you Juliana still in your circle? Oh, my best friend, Juliana. Yeah, she really is. (laughs) Okay. Many questions. What are some things for a first friendship date? And then also what are some, just some guidelines that you set within your circle of girlfriends of like, Hey, when we're together or like when I'm sending you a message or whatever, like what are some kind of healthy boundaries you have to keep that time together intentional. I'll always lean heavily on coffee because that's just who I am. But I think coffee is a great first coffee, first friend date. Like I really do. Or meeting at the gym. I know I keep like bringing up the gym, but like the gym is a really safe and kind of vulnerable spot for you guys to start in. Is it? Do you think? Because I think sometimes like we're scared about if the person's going to be more athletic than us. That's just me. Well, that's a vulnerable state. Ooh. Okay. So we should go afraid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go afraid. 
I show up to the gym with no makeup on. Uh-huh. I show up very like, here I am, let's uh-huh. go. And depending on what kind of like workout you're doing, it just is like you're either focused on that uh-huh. and then you can kind of talk between or you can kind of like let's meet at the gym or meet for a walk or meet for something and then go get coffee or then go get lunch or something like that. Like I feel like that's okay. a good like start because you're just kind of like you meet there and then you can go or you meet there, you have an hour together, you're kind of like talking here and there. Like it's not like super high pressured. Yeah. My friends are always stronger than me and I just am used to it and I just kind of like cheer them on. Yeah. It's an easy spot to be vulnerable because our insecurities are are showing like you just lifted yeah. one. That's great for you. Cool for me. When you go to the gym, you're not put together. Uh-huh. So there's just like this like little bit of vulnerability that shines at the gym, I think. I think something like that, like let's go for a walk, meet at a coffee shop. I think coffees or lunches are are mm-hmm. definitely like a little bit easier to do and set up. So that's kind of where I always like lean. Do you ever not want to go? Oh, I hate making plans. Like, I'm really bad at it. Trying to show up to the gym here for a second. Yeah. I struggle. It is so easy for me to put on Netflix at the end of the evening rather than connect with a friend. So, like, why do we need that? Like, why do we say yes? I mean, we know that the Bible talks about where, you know, two or more gathered, I'm there. Two are better than one. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Like, the Bible talks about being connected. So, like... Why do we have to say yes? Like, why is it important for us to just keep going? There's that social anxiety that we all live with. Not all live with, but that majority of us live with. That's like when it's time, you're like, Mm -hmm. why did I make plans? Why did I do that? I don't want to. It's almost like this game. I hate to be like the devil plays this game with us because I just feel like that's like one, it's a little bit cheesy and two, I don't know how true it is. When we deny meeting with people, we're denying ourselves a refreshed soul. Like the Bible says like a sweet friendship refreshes the soul. When you leave that coffee date or when you leave that like time sitting on your friend's couch, you feel refreshed and renewed. Typically we walk away like, oh, so thankful for that friendship. So thankful mm-hmm. for them. Like this was such like, this is what I needed. When we deny ourselves that, like we're denying ourselves like that rejuvenation. And so that's why we should gather. Also, I'm a big fan of looking at Jesus as our example in life. Jesus surrounded himself with people. I always say 12 bros. He always had 12 bros around him. Mm-hmm. He had his 12 guys around him. And then he also had like an inner circle that was a little bit closer to him. He also had friends that he would visit and dine with and do life with. He grieved over the death of Lazarus. Like the one time we see him cry was Lazarus. Here we get like Jesus wept. So he had friends. He had deep, meaningful friendships. If we look at Jesus as our example, then we need deep, meaningful friendships. We need people that we, one, do life with, like do like the big life with, inner circle life with, and then friendships that we commune with. Andy Andrews just came on and talked about that in her new book, Friendship. Mm -hmm. It's complicated. And she does it so well in like outlining the circles, just like you're talking about. I really think that like when we were talking about this exchange, I knew Andy was coming on and I've just been hearing other leaders talk about friendship and the importance of it. Like, I think something's happening within the body where like God's trying to get our attention for something, right? I'm honestly honored to like have this conversation with you because I want to be in partnership with the Lord, starting with me, do friendship well. But while I'm here, let me ask you another question because I myself have gone through this and I want to know from your advice, like how you handle this. You know, we talked about like a first friend date, you know, and or like, you know, just getting to know someone organically and growing together in friendship. But what happens when you step out in vulnerability? You know, you go to the gym, you know, bare face, you start sharing a little bit and then you realize that that person might not be a good fit. And when I say fit, I don't mean 
that like they're too different than you, blah, blah, blah. But more so like I think that they're like going through something that is honestly bigger than I can handle or you just it sometimes it just doesn't work yeah. out. Like it just might not like I don't know. Help me explain what I'm trying to say without trying to put someone yeah. in in a corner because that's not what I'm saying. But we also have to have boundaries within our own life. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you're right. I think that there's times where our friends are going through stuff that is bigger than what we can handle, what uh-huh. we can help them with. I'm a big fan of saying like, have you talked to a counselor about this? Yeah. You're not a counselor. I'm not a counselor, but I can love somebody as they go through that. I know that I needed my friends when I was going through like the depth of my counseling journey. It was like, I just yeah. need to like sit on a couch for a minute. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just need, like I just unpacked a lot and I'm feeling very like live wiry. I think we can be really good friends with our people while they go through that. It's kind of that hard conversation of like, hey, I don't think I can help you here. Like, I really think you might should see a counselor or have you have you talked to a counselor before? You know, like one, that stigma of counseling is ending and I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful to be part of the generation that's like high-fiving friends out of the counselor's office, you know, like we need counseling. I don't think it would be like this jarring, like, yeah. have you talked, have you, have you thought about talking to a counselor and then being like, what? Oh my gosh. I think it'd be like, oh yeah, I haven't done that. But, and it's like, just like talking about like our own personal benefits from counseling. I think it's a beautiful thing. I tend to carry things that other people are uh-huh. carrying a lot. And then it affects me emotionally, affects my family because of my emotions and all that. So I think we just kind of have to know our capacity in a sense. Yeah. Like we have to, to know like our own, like we're going to talk about boundaries. So like we can't have to know our boundaries there. Like it's such a hard thing because like it's so personal. I know it's such a weird thing because it's like, I'm not trying to reject that person, right. but I also believe there it's okay to say no or not right now. And that's exactly it. it it's okay to be like, hey, I need some time or like, man, life's getting really uh-huh. busy, right? now I can't meet up as often as we were or something along those lines that way it's not a total rejection on them yeah two you're protecting your heart like you have to like protect your capacity and I think that there there is that a conversation always goes a long way in not rejecting somebody than being like I can't handle this right now and then ghosting exactly that's probably only going to do more harm to them than than good and so I think a good conversation is like hey I know you're going through a lot right now this is where I'm at in my season I would love to hang out some but I I, kind of need to take a step back Uh like I kind of need some space here and I don't know that that works out I don't know how that looks like in the in the grand scheme of things i'm typically a person who like hides under the cover from conflict like that so i might not be the best one to ask to be totally honest i think what you've shared about it just if we always go forth in love full love not like i you just have to surrender like put every kind of feeling aside and just like seeing him her for the child of god they are in having any kind of confrontation i just have to go almost like an out of body where it's like i have to put my feelings totally aside and like god like do yeah it. and i think I, I have friends who kind of like verbal process, which is fine. Like I, I can verbal uh-huh. process, you know, like I can listen and stuff. But as they start repeating themselves, I say, do you have a prayer journal? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like you verbal process this now, like dump it out to the Lord. Like, and yeah. I, and I always say, like, I don't mean to be mean, but like, you're kind of just going in circles here. You need to spend time mm-hmm. with the Lord. My one friend, I'm like, yeah. was the last time you talked to your counselor? And she's like, I know it's been a while. I should probably, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you probably reach out. Like when we have relationship with people, we can kind of speak a little freer. Because we're more invested. Even saying something along the lines of like, this is really hard and I can't imagine going through this. I want to mm-hmm. walk with you here, but like this is above my head. Like I, I don't, I don't know the right answers. Like have you talked to a counselor? Have you talked to a pastor? Have you prayed about it? Shoot, have you taken this to the Lord? Because if you haven't, you need to. Yeah. Have you ever broken up with a friend? I 
have, have, did you guys reconcile or reconciliation? Did you have any of that or no? I've had both like where it's been like knockdown drag out fights. We're done. There's no reconciliation. There's mutual love and respect, but there's no like friendship. And I have one where, um, <laughs> you don't have to answer my questions by the way. <laughs> it's just a funny story. I, I was really struggling with prayer and the idea of prayer. And I was like, I just don't know. Like, why do we have to pray? I was probably like in my early twenties. Like, why do we have to pray? And she's like, maybe you should stop praying for a while. And I was like, I'm going to take a step back here. Yeah. I don't feel safe in this yeah. friendship all of a sudden. And then, and we moved shortly after. So yeah. there's like a mutual love there. There's not like a deep friendship, but like our kids are the same age. So it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we have high schoolers, that kind of thing. So there's like a acquaintance there, but there's not like a deep mm-hmm. friendship there anymore. And what you said in one sentence about the friend who said, have, maybe you should stop praying for a while, red flag. Cause I always want to be surrounded by people who do not lead me away from Jesus, but actually throw me more on yeah. him and put more on him. Yeah. I should feel closer to Jesus after being with my friends. Not yes. that that's their job. I want people who are speaking into me. Yeah. But if we're being edifying friends and our friends will be edifying to us and that's when our friendships are flourishing because the Christ is at the center of those things. I want my husband or when I was dating, I wanted my boyfriend to like point me to the Lord and lead me well. Well, then we also have to be those kind of friends. Like we have to be leading well. Thank you for going on the circle with me with this. But okay, tell me, you're hanging out with your girlfriends. Juliana's there. All the girls are there. Or What are some intentional things that you do to keep those relationships strong so you're all in and present and friendship? God has been so sweet in Texas. It's a really fun group. One of the things I noticed about all of us is, is we're pretty good at putting our phones away when we're together. And we have like time together like typically birthdays are always fun for all of us I have some sweet friends who are really intentional about asking and I try to be this way anyway asking about our our marriages not just like hey how's the family but like how's your marriage how are you guys doing and the hardest part about those conversations is we have to be honest like if we are in a friendship that is built in trust and love which I hope we have those relationships then we have to be honest with our people like if they're asking questions we have to be honest about it and that's one of the biggest things that I've taken into like Texas where where if I want to be known, then I have to let myself be known. We're asking intentional questions. How's your marriage? How are you feeling in this stage of motherhood? Because we're all a little bit different. In a lot of our friend groups, I have the oldest kiddos or right at the oldest. And so we're like a stage ahead. But I also learned that you got married really young, like you were 18. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was 18. So yeah, we just like ask intentional questions. We listen in. We're really good about kind of mingling conversations like, or like we're talking and we'll hear somebody kind of like go serious and all of us like, okay, what's going on here? How can we help? There's always this joy picturing like the last kind of birthday gathering that we had. And I think that we'll have friends giving soon. And it's just this like underlying sense of like gratefulness to have a community like this. What I'll probably do today to be intentional is text each of those friends and be like, man, 10 years ago when we were moving, I didn't think I'd have friends like you. And I'm so thankful I do. And that is the intentional kind of things that I want to call our people into doing like if you have a moment where you're thinking of your friends shoot a text like it's so simple the Mm -hmm. sweet thing is is my son's best friend sent him a text yesterday and it was the similar lines like so sweet because it was like they're 15 and 13 my boys are well yeah 15 and they have a best friend who's 15 as well the best friend sent a text and was Mm -hmm. like hey man I've I've really watched you grow this last year like I see you chasing the Lord I see you being really intentional with your friend groups like I'm really proud of you and my son's like that's such a 
funny text. I don't know why he sent that to me. And I was like, he's being really intentional and he's being really loving. And that's beautiful. Wow. Just taking a note from a 15-year-old boy? Who am I? Like, that is the kind of friendships that we want to be. Yeah. And those are the boundaries, like, right? Like, if we believe that, like, the Holy Spirit is at work in our life, stuff is prompted. If I get a nudge that I'm like, ooh, I need to... Like, I haven't talked to Holly in a while. I should reach out. Then I need to reach out and I need to pray for her. I don't know what's going on, Yeah, but I should just reach out and pray. And so when we're all together, it, the boundaries really do look like phones are often put away. We're just in communion. Like, we're just present and asking intentional questions. Because let me tell you this, a lot of my friends, probably seven out of 10 of them homeschool. So when we're together, there's either kids around or there's not kids around and we have a limited amount of time. Mm -hmm. It is asking deep questions really quickly so that we can feel like we connected right. and that we did connect and then we can go on because there's going to be kids at us in 15 minutes. It's a really huge gift that we have the ability to go deep really quick. And I think it, that again just comes with practice. It comes with practice and asking the good questions, the hard questions, and it comes with being really, really honest really quickly. With it's time for coffee. It's on the Converge Network, right? Yeah, yeah, we're Converge. Congratulations! That's so exciting. That's cool. Tell me, what has podcasting taught you about friendship? Oof, man, it's taught me a lot. I started the podcast knowing I wanted to make friends across the world. Mostly meant like listeners. Like I wanted our listeners to feel connected to me and me connected to them. As we know, podcasting is a really like solo gig like we have these yeah. like conversations and then we kind of like go off and edit produce something that we, that our listeners will listen to it's solo but at the same time I was just yeah. talking to somebody and they're like podcasting is a really intimate thing because we put in headphones so like as a listener I put in headphones and I have this voice in my ears where I can go do anything I need to do while being connected to this podcast. And so podcast has taught me, one, to be really um, intentional with my words. Oh, it terrifies me, Jeanette. I've made decisions based on conversations I've heard in my kitchen where I've been like listening. You know, I'm like, I heard... Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's as simple as like buying a book that someone suggests, connecting with someone else, it's so near. And there's been times where I haven't aired an episode because I felt like I don't think that's going to hit a listener or a friend where I feel like I need to hit that. You know, like not hit them, but like <laughs> I, I think it's all. Yeah. It's taught me to be really careful with my words. And it has taught me that there's beauty in showing up for something that we don't even know we're showing up for. Yeah. I've had text messages being like, my marriage is falling apart. Thank you for just folding laundry with me. I'm like, oh. So thankful I can be there with you. Like it's an unseen like ministry because we don't know what we're doing with people. That's so true. Oh my gosh, that's right. It's an unseen ministry because we don't know what we're doing with people. But you've walked along so many in so many different states, countries, like think about all the places your voice has been. Without ever knowing. And you will never know it. Yeah. When I first moved to the Gulf Coast, new to military lifestyle, I had no friends at all. And there was a podcast that I listened from, an ordinary person just like me in California. She was my encouragement when I didn't have anyone physically in my home, but she was there. Yeah. And God was there, obviously, because he's always omnipresent, you know, (laughs) but wow. Yeah. And I think it's just, it's a sweet thing. It's, it's taught me about being a good friend. It's taught me a lot about like being present where I'm present. And it's taught me a lot about just showing up. Well, yeah, watching my words and, yeah. and being really mindful. Cancel culture is just really like big and scary. And I'm terrified of being canceled. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, me too. I think about that so much. And it's funny because I'm like, one, I'm just a little me. What am I going to mm-hmm. get canceled about? But it's still so terrifying. <laughs> I'm afraid of canc- being canceled 
out of my pure ignorance oh, where it's like, yes. oh my gosh, I didn't even know what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's real. <laughs> but it's, but it's also taught grace, trust in grace. And it's just, we just show up where the Lord's called us showing up until he tells me differently. And that's kind of like the hardest part where I'm like, okay, God, like I'm here until you tell me no, until you change my season. It's been a lot of fun. I really, really enjoy podcasting. I think it's just like, like I said, it's just the ministry of unknown things and unknown places and who knows how it's going to change. And mm-hmm. I love watching shows come up. I love being on shows. I love talking to new people. Some of the people I've talked to, I'm like, I never would have heard of you if not for this. And so while I always thought like, I just want to make friends and and be in people's ears, I have gotten to meet so many awesome people. And God's called me to so many different things because of this show. You're a pro. Like I look at your mic setup, like you really are doing an incredible job. What are some things that you're excited for, for this upcoming year or this season? Like I know that you have a book, It's Time for Jesus. It's a 30 day devotional. What are some things that you're excited for? I'm excited for this next season because I just don't know what it looks like. I'm getting asked to speak at more groups which is a lot of fun to like go see people in the wild yeah hopefully in the next year I get to write another book focused on friendship uh, maybe another book about grief in the future when I started the podcast it was just so I could be friends with people it was kind of like self-focused it was like yeah I, I believe that God's called me to this but like mm. I just want to make friends now I'm seeing this change happen where I have friends in this industry too like like Danielle who's a friendship coach Bailey Hurley who talks about friendship too but our voices are so different and the way we're talking about it. And I know you said your friend who was just on the show too about friendship. There's this movement happening within the church. I'm just thrilled to be a part Mm -hmm. of it. Calling people to be better friends and calling them to see friendship differently. My hope is that we can just like show people that one, friendship here on earth matters. But two, like we have the ultimate friend in Jesus. He's who has taught me to be a friend. I only am a friend to others because he's a friend to me. And so this next season just looks like leaning into that like really hard, like leaning into saying like, hey, I'm not a perfect friend because I'm not a perfect person. But like, here is a perfect friend who cares, who gave his life for us because of his love. He wants us to be, you know, his co-heir. Like there's just this sweetness with Jesus and and him being our friend that that's that's kind of where I want to sit. I just want to like sit there and like grab as many people as I can and be like, look, this is it. Next season just looks like leaning into that, leaning into more conversations. I really appreciate your kind words about the podcast. I feel like I need to hone in the podcast a little bit more. Like I feel like there's just so many conversations out there around books that I'm like, we need to like hone in. We need to talk more about friendship. We need to lean into these conversations and just like go hard, really, really lean into the calling that God has and his message. And then just kind of like hang out with people in the wild. All the while, like, try to be a good friend to my people. It's a really full season. I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I don't know what you're talking about honing more in on the podcast because I'm. this is, again, these are just people, but these are people that you spoke with like Emily Lay. And then we have a mutual friend, Courtney Hope Wilson, who I, isn't she the best? Like, I love her so much. Courtney's Heart for the Lord is just the sweetest. I literally admire her so much. We originally connected online and then I've met her in person and got to hang out with her. And I love when people show up and they're exactly what you'd hope they'd be. And they're so genuine. And she's the type who like has sent me voice memos in like prayer on a random day. Thank you. Like you're just, anyway, she's, I have nothing but amazing things to say. And so Yeah, friends can listen to both of our podcasts with episodes with with Courtney Hope. We love her. Um, Yes. Hi, Courtney. (laughs) Ben Higgins, Rachel Cruz, Jamie Grace. Like, I mean, you've had to, you've made some cool friends. So I refuse to hear this talk about you not honing in on your craft because you're doing an amazing job. And 
I'm so excited for our friends to listen and to hear what's the next season and for the new book, Girl, Get to Work. I can't wait to read more from you. That's going to be so exciting. I really appreciate that. And honestly, like that list you spoke of, like that was really sweet. There's some people coming up on the show, like in the next six months that I'm like, how in the world? And like people like Jamie Grace, like Mm -hmm. I freaked out when I got that email. Like I like legit, it was like, oh my gosh, Jamie Grace. And now Jamie and I are like real life friends. Like it's just, it's such a crazy blessing. So wild. It's just the doors that the Lord has opened because of the show and because of like the, I mean, like it's not because of my obedience. It's not prosperity gospel by all means, but it's like because of walking out what he's called me to like, man, he's been so faithful. Can I ask you a question from my podcast that I love to ask? Oh Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's share. That'd be awesome. Um, And then I need to have you on. It's time for coffee. That'd be a lot of fun. So we'll set that up later. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Okay. I do have a, I do have a closing question for you too. So you go first and then I'll, we'll wrap it up perfectly. That sounds so good. Thank you. Uh, we believe that there's a season for everything under the sun. Yeah. On my show, I say it's time for coffee right now, but what is it time for in your own life right now? Oh gosh. What is it time for? You really put me on the spot. I haven't thought about this. While you think, I'll tell you mine. Okay. You go ahead. Yeah. Mine is it's time to make my yeses really matter. I say yes a lot and I need to be saying no more. Uh And I've heard that like saying like the more I say yes outside my home, the more no's I'm giving inside my home. And I need to be saying yes in my home a little bit more. Wow. That's good. That's really true. Yeah. I mean, I could absolutely agree with you in that for my own life too, because I'm realizing that like my life is definitely like a pie. And so when I say Mm -hmm. like the percentages, just to get nerdy, like the percentages where they go, they're going somewhere. It should just, I'm saying no to, I'm saying yes to, but what's it time for? Um, you know, I was praying with the Lord the other day and, and I honestly, this is still kind of a little bit edgy because I can't figure it out yet. I was praying and I felt like the Lord shared something about like explosions. I always come on to the show and try to be real. And so I've been, I've been really praying um, about just some decisions like regarding podcast writing and explosions, meaning like, I felt like I saw like, you know, in the revolutionary war, how you see like gunpowder and like smoke. And I felt like Mm -hmm. I saw like some fireworks and that's not to say anything of like, you know, huge change. I don't know. I just felt like I just am supposed to pray into that. And I don't know what that means, but I know I've been praying for breakthrough and breakthrough doesn't mean book deals. And it doesn't mean in a large following, like breakthrough can be, it, it, you know, Jesus just flips everything on his head and God's been encouraging me to pray into breakthrough and to pray takes what I'm doing even more seriously, put more on him. If I'm going to be very transparent. Um, and this is the first time I've actually kind of vocalized this outside of talking to my pastors, you know, but like, I really think that something's happening and whatever that looks like, whether that looks like laying down, picking up, if there's something that God's trying to shoot off into my life or trying to do, like, I want to be ready for it. And that's the beauty. Sometimes it's like, it's time for a nap. And sometimes it's like, it's that I love it because now I will be like, okay, I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lean into your prayer with you. And I'm going to really like be watching and seeing what God's going to do. That's so uncut. Like that is literally about just like, you know, last week, like as I was praying about it. So I'm telling you like that is if it's, if it sounds confusing, it's cause it is, it's like, I've been praying for a breakthrough and then I prayed and then I've been praying. I felt like God gave me like some encouraging words along with a visual. And I don't know what it means, but yay, (laughs) there it is. And we trust the Lord. Like we said, Mm -hmm. like we just trust the next step of sometimes the next step is all we can do is like, okay, God, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to like believe and pray. So I'm I'm with you girl. 
Thank you for asking me that. That is something that I probably needed to share. And so I believe in like the holy interruption. So well done. The show is called Still With You. And this comes from Psalms 139.18 that says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. So we just close with this question. So I'll just ask you, Jeanette, where is God still with you? Talked about this a little bit, but when I was in high school, we were told to like kind of like visualize who God was to us. I have a really good dad. I, yeah. I you know, so I never needed God to like show up as my father, but I always needed him to show up as my strong tower. Yeah. And I think that that's where I see God as my friend or I see Jesus as my friend mm-hmm. because it's just like this constant pillar in my life that I can go to and that I'm safe around. That's just like my idea of a friend, a constant thing, constant person, a constant force mm-hmm. that is safe and and sound. That is where he's with me. He's with me as my strong tower. And it's such a good reminder of the friend I want to be, um, but also the friend he is to me. Well, I'm really grateful that we've been able to have kind of like natural conversation about like what yeah. friendship looks like coming from two people who are not experts. And I think that's sometimes really helpful because we both are two women in the world who are trying to just look more like Jesus, but very imperfect. I'm so thankful for you facilitating those conversations and pressing into like what the Lord has to say about it. I can't wait for the book to come out. I'm so grateful for the hard work that you've already done. Something that I want to talk with you about in the future is I want to hear about adoption. I want to hear the whole story with Zoe. You're doing a great job of being a mom and amazing wife that we've known each other for a very short time like you really have encouraged me this morning and I'm sure our friends are going to say the same this has been a friendship that's refreshed my soul this conversation is going to like lead my day so well and I'm so thankful for it I'm so thankful for you and your show you are welcome back anytime Jeanette Okay, who changed their mind about inviting a friend to go work out with them? I certainly did. Anyone is welcome to join me on a walk or a workout. I will show up and be vulnerable, I promise. It is a new thing for me, but I want to be pulled out of my comfort zone. Isn't Jeanette incredible in doing that? I love her spirit, love her heart for Jesus. And if you would like to connect with her, you can find her online at Jeanette Tapley. Visit her website, JeanetteTapley.com. Check out It's Time for Coffee. Get It's Time for Jesus. I am so thankful to have this friend in my corner, and I cannot wait to hear more from her. And I hope you loved every second spent here today. If you would be so kind, would you please leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or give Still With You a follow on Spotify? This helps more than you know in allowing the show to be shared in front of new eyes, new faces, new friends for us to connect with. And I thank you so much in advance for your help by doing this. Before we say sayonara, I want to thank my friend folk indie artist Gabrielle Grace from Nashville, Tennessee for sharing her song Will Be Alright from her latest EP. If you would like to connect with her, you can visit gabriellegracemusic.net or find her on social media at gabriellegracemusic. I cannot believe next week is the last week of October. The season has gone by so fast, but I am so thankful for you. And every second you've spent hanging out, it is the best and God is so good. Take every bit of encouragement you squeezed out of this episode and use it this week. God will meet you right where you are. He's faithful. He's strong. Be bold. Be brave. Be you. And remember that he is still with you.